welcome to today's episode of Hellenic Polytheism 101, where we will be discussing the pillar of Hellenic Polytheism, Karis. Again, I want to remind you that the pillars of Hellenic Polytheism were never actually a thing. Unlike the Ten Commandments, the pillars were never taught as a set of rules that everyone knew by the name Pillars of Hellenic Polytheism or any variation thereof. What modern-day practitioners of Hellenic polytheism call the pillars were essentially religious and cultural practices that were taught by family and friends via everyday life. The pillars were an essential part of the culture of ancient Greece, taught to them the same way customs like tipping, saying, bless you, it's sneezing, and the now common practice of wearing a mask everywhere are taught to us today. In recreating Hellenic polytheism for the modern age, the pillars grew out of a need for a set of guidelines to help us recreate this very old religion. On to Karis. Karis is the reciprocity inherent in Hellenic polytheism, a devotional act for the theoi with hope of a return favor in kind. It is also so much more than that transactional behavior. It's not bribery, it's not a quid pro quo, at the same time, it is not the Christian act of simple praise worship. One of the most common actions as a Hellenic polytheist is devotional acts, whether it be offerings, prayers, hymns, or the increasingly common devotional actions like beauty routines for Aphrodite, studying for Athena, singing for Apollo, house cleaning for Hestia, etc., we worship by engaging in acts of devotion. Sometimes the act of devotion is also accompanied by a request. This act of devotion is not a bribe. This is an offering and a plea. The deity or deities in question can respond or not, but it won't change the fact that we made the offering and it shouldn't affect how we give in the future. We give without the expectation of getting something in return, as an act of worship and of thanks for everyday blessings. We give just to give, and a lot of times the deity or deities in question will respond. We then give in thanks, and they then give to us. We give in thanks, they give to us, and so continues the circle of praise and of blessings. This circle of reciprocity is Kari's. And I totally understand how confusing that could be, so I'm going to try a few more relatable examples in real life. I know not everyone will be able to relate to these two examples, and I just hope that one of them can resonate enough that the concept of Kari's will become less confusing. The first example I will use is of a couple. Let's call them Kate and Ashley. They are very much in love. Kate is out grocery shopping, and next to the checkout line is a display of flower bouquets. One of them has roses and lilies, Ashley's two favorite flowers. So Kate grabs that bouquet and places it in a vase on the table for Ashley when she gets home. Kate isn't getting the flowers for a birthday or anniversary or holiday. These aren't apologies flowers. These aren't get well soon flowers. They're the best kind of flowers, in my opinion. They're just because I love you flowers. 
Then that night after dinner, Kate asks Ashley to take the trash can to the curb before bed, and Ashley does so. The flowers weren't payment for the favor of taking the trash to the curb. The flowers and request may have come at close to the same time, but one wasn't required for the other. The next morning, Kate makes Ashley breakfast in bed, and Ashley starts Kate's car so it's warmed up and defrosted before Kate goes to work. Bulls are acts of love that aren't reliant on each other. Now, let's say this cycle continues constantly. They do each other favors, they get each other small tokens for the rest of their relationship. No one but the most cynical would say that they have a transactional relationship. Their tokens aren't required for favors, and their favors aren't required for tokens. Their actions are out of devotion to each other. That's kind of an example of how Kari's is supposed to work. Another example, this time between family members. My sister, my mom, and I have lived together a lot of our lives, obviously. As adults, we have lived together in a house for the last five years. My mom has a tendency to not eat, and there have been times when I've sent her pizza while she's at work, because I know that if the food's right in front of her, she will eat. This food is an act of love, a way to show that I care. When she responds in kind by cooking dinner for the house the next day, it's not a payment for the pizza. It's a continuation of the circle. Like when I was off of work for three weeks, I cleaned the whole house. I cleaned out the cabinets and cupboards, and I even reorganized my sister and my mom's closet so it would be easier to navigate. It's another way for me to show that I care. My sister shows she cares by taking the summer off to watch my kids. And my mom and I, during the summer, will usually get her flowers as a way to say thank you. Every day of our lives as a family, we show love by doing favors for each other and getting things for each other. The favors are not a payment for the things, and the things are not a payment for the favors. Hopefully, you understand a little bit better about what Kari's actually is, so we can get deeper into the meaning as a worshiper, as someone who calls themselves a Hellenic polytheist. Now, Remember at the beginning how I said that the pillars weren't exactly a thing and instead were a modern invention to assist those who weren't raised in ancient Greece with learning the customs and cultural behaviors that were common knowledge in ancient Greece? Let's keep that in mind. On a historical note, Kari's required something real. Having faith and good thoughts was not a part of the reciprocal circle that is Kari's. It required something solid, and in ancient Greece, that did not mean devotional acts like taking a bath or making playlists. It meant something solid, offerings like libations, food, incense, coins, seashells, and solid, real items. If you have an altar, think about what you leave on it. On mine, I've got an incense holder that usually carries burning incense. There's coins left at the foot of the statue of Hermes, along with fortunes from fortune cookies. There's corn from the field next to us. There's a nature ball with acorns and leaves and flowers in it. There's devotional drawings, 
There's dried roses and lilies in an empty wine bottle from my girlfriend. There's seashells, pins, a book of myths, and there's also a plate in a cup where bread, oil, seeds, fruit, wine, and other food offerings can be left. Some of these are permanent, and some of them get removed as they go bad. When I light incense and pray, when I leave food, when I leave new permanent items like the sea cells or coin or futures, I am engaging in a part of the reciprocal circle that is karis. That means, historically, offering something real that goes above and beyond simple faith. Now, not everyone has the ability to do that. Not everyone has the ability to have an altar, and not everyone can afford to burn incense every day. Not everyone has the time to bake bread every day. Now, that doesn't mean someone who lacks those abilities or doesn't have that time can't engage in the reciprocal relationship that is karis. Remember, a huge part of practicing Hellenic polytheism is bringing ancient practices into your worship in the modern world. Devotional acts are something real. You can offer a devotional act to the theoi as your part of the karis. I have seen some stunning works of art created in devotion to the theoi. I've heard beautiful songs written in devotion. I've read some deeply moving poetry, and I've seen prayers, prayers written with such devotion and love that they could bring you to tears. Those actions are fully capable of being classified as a part of the circle that is Kari's. Kari's is also not just actions, it's a relationship. Much like how Xenia was a way of life ingrained into the culture of ancient Greece, so too was Kari's. All the rites and rituals, sacrifices, prayers, hymns, offerings, everything that was given to the Theoi, it came from the understanding that a relationship had to be built and maintained. You couldn't just say a prayer and call it a day. You lived with the Theoi, and you dealt with them every single day. Every day, you had the opportunity to build the relationship, and the expectation that you would build it was built into society. Indeed, the concept of Karis was so built into society that offerings and sacrifices were a part of their everyday life, and their stories, their myths. Examples of this can be seen in myths and plays and the epic poems from them. The reciprocal rate nature of Caris is shown in the Iliad, the Odyssey, and even in the writings of Aristotle. Now, I've learned that Caris can be hard to understand, especially when you've grown up in a society where the love of a deity, like the Christian God, is just constantly there. Everybody talks about it all the time. Jesus loves you. God loves you. Even to people who are so clearly uncomfortable with the idea. Karis is the idea that the love of our deities is not unconditional. And our love for them need not be unconditional as well. We don't have that relationship with our gods that is just bondless. 
we need to build a relationship with them and they help build one back. That to me is one of the biggest appeals of Hellenic polytheism. The relationship is a reciprocal one built up over time using something that is definable and real, like an offering that you can hold and see. So we give and then they give and we give and then they give until you've built a solid foundation for a solid relationship. And that relationship built out of the circle of Karis is what makes the worship we engage in so beautiful. Thank you for listening to today's discussion of Karis. For today's episode, I relied on the Iliad and the Odyssey, as usual. I also relied on Kari's Hellenic Polytheism Explored by Sarah Kate Istra Winter. The Emotions of the Ancient Greeks, Studies in Aristotle and Classical Literature by David Constan, and the Center for Hellenic Studies in Harvard University. You can always find a transcript of this and other episodes on my Tumblr blog at goddessdoeswitchery.tumblr.com, as well as a link to the sources I used. Please feel free to ask me any questions, and don't forget to tune in on September 1st, I'm sorry, on September 6th, when we will be discussing the pillar Arete.